One of the things that I learned very early on as an evangelist, which unfortunately, I don't think a lot of our evangelists have learned this, is that we can't do it all. We cannot reach the world on our own. We have to make disciples. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. My guest today is Jim Barbarossa of Step by Step Ministries. It's based in Porter, Indiana. And you may know Jim by another name, which I'll tell you about as I welcome him to Charisma Connection. Thanks for joining us today, Jim. Uh, Wonderful to be with you today. And people may know you by the name The Shofar Man, and you're going to talk to us a little bit about that later on. But you and your wife, Carla, have this ministry called Step by Step Ministries, and it has many purposes, but you are very focused on being a witness for Christ. In fact, you you describe yourself as an apostolic equipping evangelist. Could you explain to us what that means to you? Well, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, it talks about uh, when Jesus had ascended and he gave the fivefold ministry to the body of Christ. I believe one of those gifts is the evangelist in the context of equipping, because it says in those scriptures it's for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. And I believe it's one of the reasons that many in the body of Christ don't share their faith is because they haven't been properly trained by the fullness of the gifts that Jesus gave us. And so a a large part of what we do has to do with equipping and discipleship to help that average Christian who's afraid to share their faith to be able to step out and give people hope. That's excellent, and it's certainly needed in the church. Now, one of the ways you do that is through real-life testimonies. How do you find these testimonies? And I know you put some of them into books. Could you talk about that a little bit? Well, going back many years, uh, I first started by teaching people how to write their personal testimonies, and we would put them on three on a threefold flyer, and then we'd simply teach people how to carry them and give them away, similar to the way that you do tracks. Mm-hmm. And as we were doing that, um, I kept getting this thought that those needed to be compiled into a book, and in between the pages of the testimonies, we needed to lace the Word of God. And so when you, give, when you would give a person one of those books, they would receive the testimonies of all the people in the book, plus they would receive the Word of God, which would be laced between the stories, and we call those truth pages. So basically, the, uh, real, what we call real-life stories Christian testimony books contain the testimonies of people and the Word of God, and when a person reads one of these, they're receiving the fullness of what they need to come to a saving relationship in Jesus Christ, because 
the books contain the book, the Word of God. Yes, and how many testimonies do you put per book? The, te- the books range in, in size, but 24 to 30 is usually the, the amount of testimonies in a book. Mm-hmm. Well, I know personally I like to read biography because I like to learn from different people's lives. And when you're sharing someone's testimony, it's like a little mini biography, but it points to Christ. So how do you choose these particular testimonies that you package into books? Well, most of the most of the testimonies have come with Carla and I having some firsthand experience with the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met them somewhere. They attended a meeting we had. They started attending a home group that we had in our home for a few years, and we would get to know them a bit. They would get to know us a bit. Uh, they would write their testimony, and uh, we would uh, use it in one of our books. And so, most of the ones that we use have come out of a somewhat of a mentoring relationship. And um, we find we find that if you uh, can give give people a tool that they believe in and uh, they trust in, that they're more apt to be willing to go out and share their faith. Mm-hmm. And and so you feel you can vouch for these testimonies and for these people who are writing them. Yeah, these are people that we've walked through life with and and got to know for a number of years in most cases. And, um, you know, so, you know, we know the testimony of Christ and the testimony in Christ resonates within them. You can see it in their lives. That's excellent. And you have different editions of the book for different groups. Could you tell us about some of those? Well, one one of the books that we did just this year was one we call Real Life Stories Truckers Edition. Hmm. And it features the uh, pictures of eight really awesome-looking semis with beautiful paint jobs and big chrome pipes, et cetera. Hmm. And it was designed so that when this book was used in a truck stop, that it would grab the attention of truck drivers. Hmm. And so uh, we went to print with this book. Um, I won't get into the details of it, but to make a long story short, this book died five times before it was birthed. And it took five years to bring it to pass after God spoke it to me. Uh, but once it came into print, which was in February 28th of 2019, this year, we started giving them away through truck stops across the country, and 40,000 copies have already gone out, and it's only been four months. Oh, that's amazing. And so truck drivers freely pick these up out of displays where they're placed in truck stops, and they carry them where they go, and they give them away. And so these books are, uh, one, of the, one of the things I like about this book, there's no postage needed to get it anywhere, <laughs> uh, because the truck drivers pick them up and they take them. Mm-hmm. I noticed that you had one for first responders. I'm not sure if you have that one out yet or not. Now, that first responders is still a dream. Um, we're, we're wanting to do one for first responders. We're wanting to do one for veterans. Uh, we're wanting to do one for bikers. Um, I believe it was the Apostle Paul that basically said that we need to be a Jew to a Jew and a Greek to a Greek and a Gentile to a Gentile, and we need to speak in the language that, that they can relate to. And part of the idea is in the what we call target audience books is that you speak specifically to that audience with a book by sharing the testimonies of people who, who are in the same place they were, and people relate better that way. 
And of course, all of the books, we lace the Word of God in between the stories, so no matter which book it is, the person will receive the fullness of the gospel and have an opportunity to come to know Jesus. So I've never been a trucker, but I still might be able to relate to some of the, the testimonies in there. Oh, absolutely. And one of the awesome things that I have found out about this book since we produced it, uh, and, and it kind of happened, um, it wasn't an accident, but it was one of those divine things that God kind of orchestrates so that you can see something. But Carla was in a steakhouse, and she was uh, going to give the person who was serving her takeout a book, but we, ha- we go there quite often, and she had already used all of the books, and the only one that was left in the car that hadn't been used was the trucker's one. And I said, just take it in. And mm-hmm. make a long story short, she did, and she presented the book to the young lady who served her, and she looks at the book, and the young lady says, this is awesome. <laughs> My father's a truck driver. Oh, wonderful. And and, you know, and I got to pondering that and thinking about it and then asking people in different spheres of influence, it's like everybody knows a truck driver. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a rela- relative who's a truck driver. Everybody has a neighbor who's a truck driver. The trucking industry is huge across America, and there's so many ties to people who drive trucks. And so uh, these books are used in, you know, many different ways. And then the young lady said, and besides that, I've got several uncles who are truck drivers. I wish I could get some more of these books. Hmm. And the next time Carla went in, she took her five more books. Excellent. I can think of a few truck drivers in my life, too. So um, you have most of these in English, and I understand that you're wanting to branch out into Spanish, at least. I don't know about other languages. Yeah, um, right, right now we have five books that we're working with primarily that are done in English. Um, and we are wanting to do a book in Spanish, and that's actually in the works. It's called Real Life Stories Lighthouse Edition 7, and I've got a couple of people working on the translation even as we speak. And my hope is that we will have this book in print in Spanish by mid-November. Okay, good. And tell us about some of the unique ways that you distribute these books. Well, first of all, we live this, and Mm -hmm. so... What, when we share this with people, people see it. They know it. It's real. It's, it's not just book knowledge or head knowledge. It's who, I always tell people, witnessing is not, not, not something that we do. It's who we are. Um, it, it's part of our makeup. It's in our DNA. And we try to, to teach that to people. So what we, what we teach people to do, and, and we live this besides teaching people to do it, is we'll teach them to take two books in hand and say, Holy Spirit, I don't know who to give these to today, and I don't really know how to use these today, and I might even be afraid. But Holy Spirit, I'm trusting in you to mentor me. I'm trusting in you, Holy Spirit, to disciple me. So as I leave my house today, I've got my two books in hands, and I'm going to have these in my hand, and and I'm trusting, Holy Spirit, that you're going to show me who needs these, and you're going to help me to deliver this to the people who need it. And then we teach them that once you've done that, get two more books and say it again and then get two more books and say it again, and get two more books and say it again. And so you're developing this witnessing lifestyle where you're carrying this tool with you daily, and you're connecting to the Holy Spirit, depending on the Holy Spirit, to teach you, to mentor you, and guide you. So that's the way Carla and I live. So let's say we're out and about, and uh, we go into a place to get a coffee. 
while we're in there, um, after the person has served us, we'll show them the book, and we may flip it over to the back and say, well, this is me, and this is my wife, Carla, and uh, we helped co-author this book, and you can read our stories on chapters such and such and such and such, and I would like to give you a copy of this book for yourself, and it's autographed on the inside, and usually that person will light up with a big old smile, and they will be as happy as could be to receive that book. Uh, one of the things about these books, there's nothing churchy or religious about them. When you look at them, you see a beautiful lighthouse, and a lighthouse is an international symbol of hope. You'll see the words, life has many storms, and you'll see some of the words floating around in the water about the storms. And some of the storms mentioned are abortion, divorce, drugs, addicts, violence, alcohol, sickness, death. And these are things that people can relate to. And it's, and, and it's, and it's often happened that when we hand somebody one of those books, their, word, their, their eyes will get drawn to the water, and they'll see something, and it'll trigger a response, and they'll start crying. And it sets the stage often for us to just pray with people right on the spot. But back to the story about giving away that first book, what we'll usually follow up with is say, hey, how many of y'all working today? And they might say seven or they might say eight. And they'll say, hey, you know what, I've got an extra book for everybody working today. And again, big smile, face lights up, and ten people in that place just got books. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's so, and it's so easy to share the gospel in that way. And so we do that when we go in to get our coffee in the morning or if we stop in a restaurant to eat. Uh, if we're out and about traveling and we check into the hotel, we give one to the person who checks us in. If there's two or three others working, we give them to those. When we check out of the hotel, we do the same thing. When we um, are, are leaving our room, we'll put a note on a stack of books and we'll put a note and we always leave a $5 tip inside the book as well for that person who cleaned our room. And we'll put a nice note thanking the person for cleaning our room and for serving us. And this book on top is for you, and we hope you enjoy it. You can read our stories on such and such and such and such. And the other books are for all of your coworkers who are helping you clean rooms today. You know, there's just so many ways. I guess we use we kind of use a gauge as if a person serves us in any way, then we respond with a book. We respond with the gospel message. Mm-hmm. I like on your website how you talk about vacationing Jesus style, and that's what you're talking about with the hotel hospitality, aren't you? Yeah. You know, we uh, uh, just recently took a trip uh, out west. Um, we flew into uh, Arizona, and uh, our, our son, his wife, and, uh, and four grandchildren were with us, and we visited um, – all of the national parks, uh, Sedona, the Grand Canyon, uh, Bryce Canyon, and all of these beautiful places, and, and we really had a good time. But while we were doing that, we had predetermined that we were going to share our faith, and we mailed 10 cases of books ahead to the first hotel we would visit. Hmm. And so on that trip of eight days, we distributed 720 real-life Christian testimony books to everybody that served us in any way, whether it was a tour guide, whether it was in a restaurant, whether it was in an amusement area. Um, Anybody who helped us in any way, shape, or form, we responded with the gospel message in a form that they would receive it. And that's one of the big things about these particular tools is that they are done in in a way that people will receive it 
we probably average giving out 150 books for every one person who says, not me, I don't care for it. And this sounds like it's better than a thank you note. Oh, absolutely. A thank you note says thank you. This gives them the chance to find Jesus and, and get the gospel. Mm-hmm. Now, there's many ways in which you are witnessing and empowering others to witness, like you have seminars called Witnessing Made Easy. What got you started with that type of training? Well, that, ha- that has since uh, escalated to what we call full-fledged discipleship now. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that, I, that I've learned over 25 years in teaching people to share their faith is that there's not too many people out there teaching people how to share their faith. Uh, for the most part, people are afraid to share their faith, and you've got to give them a tool that, uh, that they can have a confidence in. You've got to build up their confidence. you really got to take a person by the hand and show them how to share their faith. And what we have found the most effective way to do that is simply to get them to write their personal testimony, to get it in the shape of a flyer or a book, and then teach them how to use it. Again, it comes back to the Holy Spirit. Carry two testimonies in your hand. Carry two books in your hand. Holy Spirit, help me to do this today. Help me to recognize those in need around me and help me to give them hope. One of of the things that has uh, come out of this is a name that we use of called, we call it Carriers of Hope. And people who use our books are often now referred to as Carriers of Hope. we try, to, we try to get people to understand that, you know, the devil wants to shut you down. The devil wants you to think that what you have is not important. Uh, the devil wants you to think that you offering something to a coworker makes you a pest, and it makes you undesirable, and it makes you somebody that they won't want to have around. And, and, and we try to teach people right out that they are carriers of hope, and people need what they have. And when these thoughts come from the wicked one, the enemy, just shut them thoughts down. Just say simply, I am a carrier of hope. I carry the gospel message everywhere I go, and I sow the gospel message into people's lives, and they want and need what I have. I love that. Carriers of hope. We, we sure need hope today, don't we? Now, uh, there's another thing that we referred to earlier, and that is that people call you the shofar man. Now, why is that? Well, very early on in, in our ministry, uh, Carla and I took a trip to the nation of Israel. And while we were on that trip in the nation of Israel, we were in a market square in Jerusalem, and I heard this sound. And when I heard this sound, something within me leaped. I mean, it just jumped. And the sound I heard was somewhat like a modern trumpet, but it was just beautiful. And something within me said, that instrument that you just heard is yours and i watched and the gentleman who sounded it put it down and he was testing some because he was going to buy one and so this instrument called the shofar became a part of our lives and a part of our ministry while we were in while we were there in israel and i brought it home with me and started to carry it and use it as the lord would lead and it and it in itself, it is also a dynamic tool for the gospel because you can get people's attention with it and use it to share Jesus with them. And you even did this in Washington, D.C., you and a group of people. 
Well, back before the last election, we had 50 shofar sounders actually surround the White House, and I believe it was in the month of September, and we sounded the shofars over the White House. And it was an awesome experience. I mean, just uh, just wonderful experience. And one of the neat things that, come, that, that came out of that, as we were in that area, uh, a, a friend of mine had the opportunity, as he was sounding the shofar, three people came up, had no idea what it was or what it was about, and he was able to pray with them and led them to Jesus right on the spot. That sound going forth attracted them, and they came to it. Hmm. And one of the re- and one of the reasons we, we, we sound the shofar out in the public setting is because of the scripture in the book of Nehemiah. And it says in Nehemiah chapter four, verse twenty, in the place where you hear the sound of the shofar, our God will fight for us. And so when we were surrounding the White House, we were representing fifty states with fifty shofars, and we were we were releasing that which is like the voice of God, the sound of the shofar over the White House and over the and symbolically over the nation and we were declaring that scripture and we were basically stating and and prophesying into the atmosphere that our god is in control and our god is going to fight for us excellent i was just about to ask you where it came from the scripture and the significance of it so you you practiced that i love that so you talk about um, disciple making you touched on this a little bit that, you know, it's really not just about sharing our faith, but it's about developing a discipleship culture. And you have a very special but simple prayer on your website about making disciples. It says, Father, we want to make disciples. Please give us at least one person, a disciple maker, to disciple in each of the 50 United States, and at least one person, a disciple maker, to disciple in every nation on earth. Amen and amen. That, that is my heart, and, and that is Carla's heart and the, our, the, the heartbeat of our ministry. One of the things that I learned very early on as an evangelist, which unfortunately I don't think a lot of our evangelists have learned this, is that we can't do it all. We cannot reach the world on our own. We have to make disciples. And so a big part of our heart and a big part of our ministry is that of pouring into others in such a way that they can catch the fullness of what God has given us and do it in a way to where they're impacted so that they can then take what they've learned and pour it into somebody else who can then pour it into somebody else who can then pour it into somebody else. And just to give you an example of that, um, there's a young lady from Canada, her name's Carol Ann, and Carol Ann attended home meetings at our house in Northwest Indiana from Canada. She would come down every other month and be part of that meeting. And today, Carol Ann is using Lighthouse 7 in the nation of Canada, and she has now trained six people in her city who are also part of Lighthouse Edition 7, and now them as a group are teaching other people in their city in Canada to do what they learned by coming to Indiana and attending a discipleship gathering out of our home. And so our prayer has been, after God made it so real real to us, how that can happen, how he can bring somebody from another nation, our prayer has been, God, give us one to disciple every na- in every nation. 
And as we pour into them, they can pour into others, and they can pour into others. And that is like the missing element in the body of Christ today. There is no discipleship. Well, your approach is certainly working toward the fulfillment of the Great Commission that Jesus gave us. Where can people learn more about Step-by-Step Ministries? And, And by the way, why did you name it that? Well, very early on, and this is probably within a couple of weeks of the, t- of the time I was saved, there was a speaker at our church for a special meeting, and I went up for prayer, and as I was being prayed over, she said, prophesied something along these lines, that, brother, I can see you walking in the light of the Lord step by step. Hmm. And our whole ministry has been one like that. It's been a step-by-step journey. God shows us something, we move and be in obedience. Then he shows us something else, we move in obedience. He shows us something else, we move in obedience. We've had to shift gears and directions a lot of times to end up where we're at today, doing exactly what we're doing today. But it's just been, uh, uh, it's just been a, mi- a mission of obedience, step-by-step. Excellent. And it just seems like that also fits how you lead someone to Christ, and then you make them into a disciple as you as you disciple them. So, Jim, I wonder if you would close us with prayer, um, perhaps considering those in our audience who maybe don't know the Lord and others who do know the Lord, and, and maybe some who are afraid to be a witness for Christ. Yes, I, I would be happy to do that and also add to that that we are able and willing and available to help mentor people. Uh, there are people that we're communicating from various places of the world and nations, even by email, to help them and mentor them, and we're open to that. We want to mentor the people of God. So, Father, I thank you for those listening today. And, Lord God, if there are any who have been afraid to share their faith, I ask, Lord God, that you would help them get free today, that you would help them to learn to walk in obedience, Lord, Lord, I, I pray that a, that a boldness would rise up in your people. I pray for a passion to rise up in your people. Uh, Lord, again, those that have been shy, that have been timid, that have been bashful, Lord, help them to bust out of that and help them to uh, start to uh, share their faith. Uh, move on each one, Lord, that is listening, to write their story to your glory, to want to be able to, to share it. And Father, I thank you for every person that's listening. I pray uh, increase in the desire in their life to share their faith with their neighbors, with their coworkers, with their friends, with uh, every every everywhere they go, that they would see people with your eyes, God, that they would see the hurting, hurtingness in people. And Lord, that everybody listening today, Lord God, would purpose in their heart to be a carrier of hope to want to be that one that brings hope to their neighbor, to want to be that one that brings hope to everyone that they meet along the way, that being a carrier of hope and a witness would become a lifestyle for everybody listening. And, Father, I remind you that it says in the Word that in the place where we hear the sound of the shofar, that our God will fight for us. And so, Father, I ask, Lord, that you would enter in the battle for every person that has struggled in the area of sharing their faith, 
and every person that wants to be a better witness for you. I ask, Lord, that upon the sounding of the shofar, that you, God, would enter into this battle and you would fight for us. Have your way, Lord, in each of our lives. Help us to be dynamic witnesses in you. Holy Spirit, train us all. Use us all to your glory. In Jesus' name. And I say a hearty amen to that, Jim. Thanks for sharing the shofar sound as well. I could tell you're quite practiced on that. To God be the glory. <laughs> so what is your website that uh, people can go and learn more about the books, the Real Life Stories books that we talked about, and any of your other resources? www.step-by-step.org is the website. Okay. Uh, I can be reached by phone at 219-762-7589, and I can also be texted at that same number, 219-762-7589. Okay, thanks for sharing your phone number as well. So once again, that's stepbystep.org, but it has hyphens in between, step-by-step. Org. Excellent. So thank you so much, Jim Barbarossa, for being with us today. Uh, we uh, value your ministry uh, with your wife, Carla, and we pray a blessing upon you as you continue to follow the Lord step by step. And thank you so, thank you so much for having us today. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for this visit on Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.